You're listening to Castle Rock First United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Castle Rock FUMC, you can go online at fumccr.org. Thank you, and have a good day. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, as the scripture is read, may it penetrate our hearts like you did in the upper room so long ago. May we open our eyes and ears to you, O Lord, as you are at work in us and through us on this day. And bless us and keep us as we hear your word proclaimed. And all of God's people said, Amen. Scripture lesson for today comes from the book of Acts. And and I want to share with you before I start reading is that over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some uh, questions and things that we talk about around the table. These are conversations that you may have with friends or family and um, things that may pop up every so often. And and today we're talking about why church. That's one of those questions that I know gets asked quite a bit. Why do you go to church? Why are you a part of a church? I mean, we can, we can, the why church, we can definitely add a a ton of those to it. But today I want to, I want to talk about why uh, church is important. And we do that leaning into scripture. And what a great scripture for today from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. And please forgive me as I will butcher the names of of all these uh, things. I've tried to rehearse this, but I can tell you I will butcher them. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to. There were pious Jews from every nation under the heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How can each one of us hear them speaking in our native languages? Parthians, Medes, Melites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, and Asia, Phygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya, bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring that the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? Others jeered at them, saying, they are full of the new wine. Peter stood with the other 11 apostles. He raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Rather, that is what is spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young people will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. 
I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on my name of the Lord will be saved. This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. So I'm sure you've probably heard it from a friend or a family member. That, like, why, do you, why are you part of church? And, and my response always is, is that I'm not part of church in a sense of joining a country club or joining any other club that you can join. I'm part of a church because I believe that we are parts of the body and parts of each other in Christ. And, and we all have a part to play in what it means to be church. An unhealthy view of church is to be a consumer of church and, and to say it's all about me and what I feel and, and what I get out of it because, you know, that's not what we are intended to be. We are the body of Christ. We are parts of each other, as Paul would say. And being parts of each other, if we, we want to talk about change and renewal and revival, then we have to participate in it. We can't just sit back and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Because that's not what they're even doing in the book of Acts. They just gathered and all of a sudden they were in this room. And, and, and I can only imagine it. I think of it like the wind hitting the church in Red Rock, Oklahoma. You could barely open those big wooden doors because the wind blew 35 miles an hour every time. Uh, with the exception, the only time that I ever remember the wind not blowing was when the tornado blew through. <laughs> but I remember, I, I think of the wind hitting those people like the, the Holy Spirit and hitting them. And, and they had that aha moment that, that they're in this together. These people from all over were in this together. They were connected together through the Holy Spirit. And we have forgotten that. We have forgotten that we're connected to each other. We're parts of the body and parts of each other. And, and I keep saying that because I want us to remember that, that when we work together and we live together and we do life together, we can change the world together. It's not something we do on our own. How do we want to make the church better? I can't do it by myself. Trust me, I've tried. I fail miserably every time I do it by myself. It takes each and every one of us willing to step up and to step out, to be willing to share how the Holy Spirit is working in their lives. And it doesn't just happen in, in this room. See, this is the lab. This is the lab where we, 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 we put things in and we learn from one another and, and, and we grow with one another. And it's when you go out into the building, it's when you go out into the world, when, when you put your faith to the test. You come to the space, you come to worship to praise God and to, and to be refreshed and renewed and restored so that when you go out into the world, you, you can face the world for what it is today. As we think about Pentecost and we think about why church is important and why church matters, it's important because it shapes us, it changes us. When we really take it in, when we really live into the community, when we're really, really willing to share our gifts, no matter where we are on life's journey or life's faith, it makes a difference. Churches don't grow because of one person. I'm sorry. Even Adam Hamilton will tell you that. The reason why Adam Hamilton's church grew like it did was because there were people willing to step up and, and, and do whatever it took to grow the church. You know, they started their church in, the, in a funeral home. 
And from that small church in the funeral home, they grew to one of the largest uh, churches in the denomination, (laughs) a pillar for us United Methodists. (laughs) But could you imagine if the church said, we, Adam's going to do it all? It wouldn't work. He'll even tell you that. It takes each and every one of us together. That's why I love this story. I love the story of Pentecost because I, I think of them sitting around the room. They're in a committee meeting. I don't know what committee it is. We don't know. We don't see what committee they're in. They're in some kind of committee meeting. And the Holy Spirit came in. And they took it. And it changed them. It inspired them. So much so, they were having such a good time. Now, granted, this kind of changes since we're indoors. I had had envisioned yelling this when we were outdoors. I'm not going to yell indoors, but could you imagine if we were making such a ruckus that the neighborhood called the police because we were singing too loud? (laughs) And then the police would come, oh, officer, we're not drunk. It's not even 915. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. When we take that in and we allow it to to take us, it takes us places that we did not want to go. Because what happened in that upper room didn't stay in the upper room. They went out from there and were willing to die for their faith because they knew that the world was not going to like what they had to say. They knew that Jesus' message was progressive and scary because all people belong, all people are welcomed, all people are loved. Church, we're still struggling with that with almost 2,000 years into this. I'm reading a book right now uh, looking at history of Methodism in America. And I didn't start at the beginning. I started in the section where it talked about slavery. And what I found was that the struggle that the Methodist Church was facing then mirrors what we're facing now. And the hurt and the pain and, and who's in and who's out and who's leaving and who's staying... We've been through this before, church, and we thrived. We thrived and, and grew because we believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believed that we are, our inclusiveness is who we are called to be as followers of the way in Methodism. Even John Wesley was kicked out of the Methodist church because he didn't want to use the word bishop. Isn't that crazy? That the Methodist church in America kicked the church because they didn't want to change he didn't want them to be bishops I learned that this last week from Bishop Bishop Jimmy Nunn but it's amazing to see when we talk about why church and why all these things we, we, we come to church to be renewed to be inspired so that when and it's not just to be inspired it's to be inspired through the Holy Spirit I, I can tell you I, you know I didn't grow up in the life of the church I didn't grow up as a kid in the church. I didn't go to Sunday school. I, I didn't start going to church until I was about 16 years old, 16, 17 years old. But I can tell you in that time, since then, I don't remember a whole lot of sermons that moved me. But what changed me was the people. What gave me life was the people in the walls of the church because they lived their faith outside the walls of the church. Because Methodists understand that we're moving towards perfection. We're not perfect now. I'm sorry, you're not perfect because you came to church. <laughs> Actually, hopefully you recognize that you're far from it and you're moving towards perfection. And when we, when we have that mantra, it changes the way we handle people, doesn't it? 
It changes the way that we engage people. We, we know that we're not perfect and we're trying to be better. And, 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 and even if we know that we fall short, we uh, are, are here to receive the Holy Spirit and, and allow it to work on us and through us. There's an article that told this story. It said a church girl wrote a letter to the editor of a newspaper and complained it made no sense to go to church every Sunday. The writer wrote, I've gone for 30 years now. And in that time, I've heard somewhere around 3,000 sermons. But for the life of me, I can't remember a single one of them. So I think I'm wasting my time. And the pastors are wasting their time giving all those sermons. And what this did, it started a little controversy to the letters of the editor. One rebuttal wrote, I've been married for 30 years. And in that time, my wife has cooked some 32,000 meals. But for the life of me, I cannot recall the entire menu of a single one of those meals. But I do know this. They all nourished me and gave me strength needed to do my work. If my wife had not given me those meals, I would, not be, I would be physically dead today. Likewise, if I had not gone to church for nourishment, I would be spiritually dead today. So why church? <laughs> why do you come to a building every Sunday morning? To be nourished, to be fed, to have the Holy Spirit work on you and through you in a space that we say, Holy Spirit, come. Every Sunday when I come into the church and, and I'm sitting in here and nobody's here and it's the darkness of the room, I pray for the Holy Spirit to come and touch our lives. And even recent research shows that church is important. An article read that church attenders have a 29% reduction of depression a 33% reduction of death. And I don't know how you reduce death. Maybe it's prolonged, like keeping it from happening sooner. They weren't very clear on that. Because my experience tells me otherwise. A 33% reduction of adolescent illegal uh, use of drugs, meaning your drug use decrease. And an 84% reduction of suicide which is becoming one of the bigger killers of our society right now. So we need church. But it doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It doesn't just happen because I'm here. It happens because we are willing to take the message out into the world and to share the good news. And reminded that we are, are, are children of God and because we are children of God, we are willing to share that good news with one another. You know, we're, we're moving into a new program here, here at this church. And one of the things that I want to usher into this new program here is a new mission statement. And, and I want to honor those that have gone before us and have done all the work prior to that because it led us to this moment. In January, the, the administrative council met and had amazing conversation. It went so fast. It was the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to lie. It was the Holy Spirit that led us into this creation of this statement that's going to drive us for at least the next year, if not even further. But we believe here at Castle Rock, United First United Methodist Church, that we share the light and love of God within our community and beyond. And the way that we do that is that each and every one of us share those through our diverse relationships, through our service, 
and through our worship of God together. We do this together. Pentecost wasn't just about Peter and the sermon that Peter preached. I encourage you to read the rest of the sermon that Peter preached. I don't know why the lectionary stops at verse 21, but I can tell you this. If the early church was creating such a ruckus that the community thought they were drunk at 9 a.m., then what are we doing? How can we be a force for the kingdom of God here and now? And I know we can do it. We can do it while each and every one of us pay attention to that Holy Spirit that's leading us, that's calling us out and to share love and to share the light of God with everyone. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, as we go from this place, may we be reminded that you are with us and send your spirit to fall afresh on us. Be with us as we go out into the mission field to share the light and love of God with everyone. Amen.